Welcome to Things I Preach to Myself About Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Rangan, and today on episode one, the introduction, I want to share with you God, the Bible, and my years of misunderstanding who and what they truly are. The podcast, Things I Preach to Myself About, is nothing more than snippets of periodic revelation that God has given me into my life waking me up from a slice of better understanding of the Word of God and and how it applies to me. This isn't meant to be preaching or teaching, as I'm neither pastor, preacher, theologian, or even a seminary-trained student. I'm like you, only probably a little slower at grasping things. I've probably had more aha moments in my life than the average person simply because Well, my understanding is sometimes a little slow when it's compared to others. Regardless, by the grace of God, He has blessed me from time to time to kind of be illuminated by His Word, whether it was from reading something out of the Bible or some preacher on the radio or a spark of something from a devotion or even one of those social media memes. These are topics or subjects that have really lit me up with some relative understanding and I want to share them with you. My real purpose in sharing these little stories is that I pray and hope that perhaps you might have a moment of aha from what I've experienced or learned. You know, we, we learn from experience, from studying, from examples, from teachings, and so many of these these items that I'll be sharing, they're just examples of me waking up to something that has probably been standing right in front of me for a very long time and the lights finally broke through the darkness by some means or form, which that would be from God. We're all on a spiritual pilgrimage and Psalm 119 verse 19 says that, I am a sojourner on earth. Hide not your commandments from me. I like the way that R.C. Sproul put it when he said that the world is a threatening place for someone to make a spiritual pilgrimage, but it is the only place that we can have a spiritual pilgrimage, and it happens to be the arena of redemption. Yes, it is a tough place, and Lord knows I have fallen many times. Had a lot of prodigal wanderings and a lot of prodigal moments, but thankfully God has kept me from wandering too far and like the prodigal son, has allowed me back, though I'm very repentant and always learning. Since the world is so tough, and even the church in all of its various forms and, and follies has struggled and sadly many times lost the, its very standing as a biblical beacon, I think uh, Charles Spurgeon, he once commented that, the more the church is distinct from the world in her acts and in her words, the more true is her testimony for Christ and for the more potent is her witness against sin. Unfortunately, well, most, the vast majority of mainstream denominations in the megachurches, they've lost their influence because, well, over time it's become conformed to the patterns of this world instead of the Bible. And I say this simply because the church in its true biblical definition is supposed to be the, the one outreach and teaching and, and accountability that draws and holds people to Christ. 
But since that rarely happens today, groups acting under the guise of churches, most, you know, never even know the Bible or know theology or know what's required, and worse, who God is. As for me, I have that same story. I, you know, going through church and confirmation and such and walking away and not really knowing who God or who Jesus is or what the Bible means. So I just want to say that simply to get that out of the way, but I don't, I don't hold that the church responsible for that. I can't really blame them for my falterings, my failings and such, because it's my responsibility and I have to give account for that on the last day. But my struggle has been a little longer and probably more experimental over the years instead of growing and learning properly because, well, so many churches, they're all about social issues and programs and superfluous stuff instead of meat and potatoes, gospel preaching and teaching. So my wanderings have been all over the board and I'm just now, as I'm later in years, starting to really grasp and read and understand and crave the true word of God and apply it to my mind and my heart. But as many, we all have a long way to go. So here's where I'm at. With that, uh, from what I've learned so far, and continue and hope and pray to learn more, and I, and I think you'll be able to see in these examples that there are truths that come from the Bible and not man. We are not to lean on our own understanding but to be open, study, kind of like the Bereans, you know, study the Word of God, seeking God's teaching. So I guess the best place to start to understand is understand who God is. There's this book that I've listened to long ago, and I started listening to it, and it just really was something interesting, and, and it really opened my eyes to understanding Christianity and some of the issues I'd been struggling with. A lot of my shortcomings and a lot of shortcomings that vast majority of churches even have. The book was called Knowing God by J.I. Packer, and it goes through and explains who God is versus our perceptions. And it was really enlightening to realize that if we were to be under the lordship of God through his son Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, shouldn't shouldn't we ought to know who he is? I mean, his his attributes and you know, and how we really need to, to th rethink, you know, our carefree, callous, almost complacent attitude and approach to the God of the universe, the creator of everything, the one who sustains all things. So understanding his holiness, majesty, grace, and yes, wrath, should be putting a reverence and a change of approach by us to him. When you start at page one of the Bible, the words, in the beginning, God. That should have given us a clue that, you know, he who was and is and is to come is pretty big. Yet I was under a very small perceptive definition of God, you know, not quite to the degree of, you know, many like, you know, a lot of American churches and even atheists, but who he really is, you know. But to really reflect on who he is compared to our vision, it was mind-blowing to come to the realization that everything we do and are and think all needs to start with God first, not start with us. 
So our thinking has been backwards. And as I listen to all these attributes of God that we you know, know from not only the Bible, but also from what we see in nature and in the world and you know, the creation, that our reverence and our obligations and our focus of faith needs to be first and foremost God. Once that's understood and we realize who we are compared to the living God, we should be so much less lackluster and flippant when thinking of God. We should be falling prostrate before his very throne as a subject before the king. I realized that my whole understanding of God was from the worldly perspective, from me looking outward, and that is certainly not what is in that Bible. When it says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added, that doesn't mean to, that we look to him like he's some daddy warbucks and ask and get because we're good. Oh no. Seeking God's kingdom is giving up ourselves, our ways, our, our alignment in life and our desires to his ways, not ours. We make him Lord and justly because he is the Lord. Which uh, brings us back to, you know, the first and the very big sin, pride or selfishness. You know, we read in Genesis 3 that, you know, the fall, you know, was through this temptation to really question God and really to satisfy our own personal desires and wants. That, you know, shiny apple was pleasing to the eyes. Thus, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life which was, you know, getting the most out of life, you know, having your best life now, you know, all of that type of stuff, that's not relying on God knowing what we truly need. We think of ourselves by ourselves and through ourselves first and foremost, when in actuality, it should be the other way around. We should be desiring to worship the Creator and not the created. You know, we want, but... Yet we want, what we want, you know, should really be God first. And I realized after really looking at the Bible and, and the, you know, the macro and the micro of it, that that was the biggest problem I had, was that, you know, that we all have, is that, you know, we do us and mold everything, including God, into our views and our ways and our desires. But in reality, the Bible is filled to the brim with stories and examples of of people who, you know, had or have the wrong view of God. You know, they're his attributes of his holiness and righteousness and how we were created to worship God. Those who don't learn from history, well, they're doomed to repeat it. And I can tell you that those who messed with God and lacked reverence and worship, well, it didn't turn out too good for them. So I a lot of my learning adventure, you know, I've really grown to love the Puritan thinking regarding reverence and, you know, seeking God first. In the Puritan Catechism, the very first question and answer is just perfectly said. And it says, what is the chief end of man? And it says, the chief end of man is to worship God and enjoy him forever. So the chief end of man is to worship God, like, like you know, in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, and enjoy him forever, um, like, you know, Psalm 73, 25, and 26. And that is what the Bible is all about. 
Yet, unfortunately, that is not what's in, you know, being taught in most gatherings of self-proclaimed Christians today. Thus, so many have this really cheap, lackluster, complacent view of God. It's almost like, you know, like me back in the day, I had this cartoonish view of God and thought of him sitting on some glory throne dictating to the world and little angels and cherubim and clouds and stuff. And, oh, I was so wrong. Once you get a look at everything from a biblical view, you reevaluate your perspective and it really makes so much more sense. At least for me it did. And since many can exclaim, well, you know, that's, that's your perspective. I'll say, you know what, I'll challenge you this. Prove me wrong in this. When you look at the macro and the micro of the entirety of Scripture, you will see that everything in it is about God, through God, for God. And when you have a true understanding of who God is grasped, if you really get it, everything else makes sense. And it's clear that most churches, people, and teachings are from a selfish, man-first, man-made ideology. I'll go on, this, on the record right now to say that, you know, the me-first, social, get-what-you-want, prosperity, teachings, all that stuff, you know, most and sadly some of the biggest churches today is completely and without a doubt false, heretical teachings. And if that bothers you, you know, that I'm condemning and not showing love and tolerance, and then again, you know, I, I go back to that challenge. Show me in the Bible. Read the Bible. Because that type of teaching is not in the Bible. And the other part of it is calling that kind of stuff out. Well, what that is is it's, you know, we, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't want to sit and condone this kind of stuff. So as I delve more and more into the, the Word of God and really test and see what is and isn't being taught in comparison to the Word, I'm finding, though, that there is still some good, solid Bible teachers and preachers today. As well as that, there's so many rich and wonderful truths that were taught and upheld by those that had gone before us, like the you know, Puritans and Reformers of the early church. So I have this really great job where I get to spend a lot of time driving, and so I've found a wonderful amount of resources of books on tape, well, nowadays digital, whatever they call it. But I get to really listen and hear some truths, and there's so many great early preachers and teachers of yesteryear. Back in the day, you know, they, they really taught the Bible. I mean, there was no fluff, no filler, you know. God's wrath was God's wrath. Sin was sin. There was no gray areas in any of that because the Bible is not gray. But that rant over. The purpose of my topic here is really that I've been really preaching to myself mainly things that, you know, who God really is in perspective of my life, how he's graciously shown me through his word and through other means, you know, what the truths are. And all this to say that even the most thick and slow can be shown truth and learn revelation from God. Why? Because, well, he is God. The God of the Bible is bigger than us, it's bigger than our cute little Bible stories, it's bigger than our doubts and worries, bigger than the biggest and the brightest and most learned people on this planet, including those most charismatic of people. 
there are so many people out there that are so much more smarter and more educated than myself. You know, they know Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, and they've studied for years, all the best teachers, and they've written books and papers on all these things. And, you know, and here I am, I'm just really learning, you know, I'm just really getting a grasp and seeing some things come about. And so there's been a lot of topics, you know, that God has revealed to me that I preach to myself on a regular basis now. But the one thing that really shows me more than anything about an attribute of God in all of the infinite of the universe is that God knows me. Little old me who's slow to know, slow to learn, slow to apply, slow to adhere to the things he wants me to be, but he still knows me. So one of the greatest theological teachings, I think, that it's in the entire universe is that it's not from scholars or preachers or theologians. It's actually kind of coming from a children's song. And it says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Well, amen to that. Well, this has been Things I Preach to Myself About podcast. I'm your host, Rich Vang, and again, I appreciate you taking the time. I hope that this has been edifying and enlightening to you. I appreciate the opportunity to share some of this insight that uh, God is constantly revealing it to all of us through so many means. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I'd appreciate you could uh, drop me a line, give me some feedback. You can reach me at canonforhire01 at gmail.com. That's canonforhire01 at gmail.com. Again, thank you. May God bless you.